0: Welcome back to the Bucks Rugby Podcast. We've got a long-awaited guest on the show this week. Joe Burns is joining us, and we'll be taking a look at the top performers this season so far, reviewing the backlash he received from the preseason predictions and looking ahead to the second half of the season, which promises to be the best yet. Enjoy. Burns, thank you for joining us, lad. Um, I think we both want to know, how is life
1: with baby Burnsy in the house? Baby Burnsy, Buster Burns. Uh, Buster Burns. I mean, like, genuinely recommend it to everyone. Maybe not yet. I waited until I was 37. Uh, I'm sleep deprived. I've got way (laughs) less time to achieve stuff. Um, And I feel like I'm sort of a proper adult now. So it's good but it's definitely a gear change that's for sure lads
0: is it project upon already have you got him a pair of boots ready for uh, his first rugby sesh
1: mate london irish were r- r- really kind they gave me a uh, gave me a london irish baby grow to get oh, him yeah. into so they're claiming him as one of theirs i used to have a richmond one uh, that i gave to one of my sisters kids but i can't find it but yeah i think uh, he'll be chasing the egg with with any luck in uh, in a few years time few Bucks Super Rugby live streams ahead then. Exactly, mate. Exactly. I had to get them down to a game. I don't know. I don't know what We need a London team. We need a London team and then that would be a little bit easier. We'll
0: jump straight in then, boys. Obviously, Griff's joining us as well. Um, just give me your thoughts on the season so far. I feel like every stereotype we use for Bucks Super Rugby has just been personified in this season. Everyone beating everyone. Just a crazy league. Burnsy, do you want to just try and try and sum it up for me?
1: Try and sum it up. Well, it's a bit tricky for me to sum it up when Dave Rogers did it so eloquently and artfully the other day in the circle of Buck Super Rugby Life with, uh, you know, I, I can't remember the order, but everyone beating everyone in that graphic that, that they brought up on the screen. <laughs> but it uh, it's, uh, it's served the purpose, didn't it? The one that went round uh, clockwise just to show everyone beating everyone. And... I mean, it started off with a bang, didn't it? Because Nottingham got that win to kick things off against Beckett. Exeter lost at home for the first time in a couple of years. Um, and I mean, I'm looking at the table now and it's so congested. It's the, t- it's the tightest one that I've known in the five years. And I know that everyone's meant to say that sort of stuff in the season that they're in, so that it like ramps up the excitement. But legit. It's the tightest, and it's the most unpredictable one to call. So, yeah, it's delivered in spades. Loughborough are back on top as well. They haven't been up there for a while. And then there's a few names who are kind of down, a bit lower down, who I got a load of heat for, for predicting that they might find themselves down there at the beginning of the season. But, oh, lo and behold, I know what I'm talking about. We'll, uh,
0: we'll get on to the the heat that you've accrued this season, mate. There's been a few... Uh... Heated heated debates on Instagram and Twitter. We'll say that then. Um, but that graphic you were on about is this one. Uh it is Loughborough beat Nottingham, Nottingham beat Swansea, Swansea beat Cardiff Met. Cardiff Met beat Hartbury, Hartbury beat Cardiff, Cardiff beat Exeter, Exeter beat Bath, Bath beat Loughborough, Loughborough beat Durham, and then Durham, of course, beat Leeds. Griff, what is going on, mate? Boonsey's kind of kinda already said it's a it's a mad season, but we're loving it.
2: Oh, 100%. The, the best thing about it is there's upsets and there's things that are going on in the league that are different to the normal all the time. You look at Cardiff Met, they lost to Swansea at home again, which is normal, but then losing to uh, Cardiff Uni in the Arms Park in the second week wasn't the best way uh, for the Archers to start the season. But what I'm overall glad about is that we've sort of got this split, as it looks at the moment, we're looking at the league. You've got the top seven of Durham upwards. And with Leeds-Beck getting that win against uh, Nottingham as well, it looks like we'll get a pretty tasty bottom three battle as well. Swansea might be pushing away from that. But to be fair, what we've seen so far this season, it looks like it's going to be a seven and three split and a, a big battle Yeah, for every position in the league, which is really, really exciting.
1: I I don't, I I don't know if you want to go through this uh chronologically, but you just mentioned Swansea there. They have got a massive week ahead. Like massive. <laughs> yeah. Their next their next two games are our season definers.
0: Yeah, because their Nottingham game got postponed, didn't it? We'll we'll jump straight into that then, mate. If you want to talk about the, the, the two games Swansea have. They they're meant to play Nottingham. I think we mentioned it are they playing tomorrow? Is that when it got delayed till? I Maybe. I think
1: they're playing on Saturday. For some reason, I feel they're playing on Saturday against uh, against Nottingham, and then they've got Beckett next Wednesday.
0: And then straight after Beckett, that's a relentless start. Welcome back, boys! Happy New Year.
2: They've had two Welsh starbies, uh, but well, in in the last few games week game weeks going into Christmas, they played Cardiff at home, which they won. They beat Cardiff met away, and then the postponement of that fixture. So it's almost if they could go four back-to-back wins they've completely turned their season around and we were talking maybe mid-October early early November they could be in trouble you know getting drawn down there but like you said Burnsy a huge huge week for Swansea and Hugo Staffson needs to get them ra- rallied because yeah two wins would really put them uh, in that well in the favourite um, favorite position to get 8th
0: they love a they love a winning streak as well, don't they? The Swansea boys. They do. Yeah, last it. year it was, it was funny when the they
2: punt. got that six <laughs> streak and they thought they'd be going all the way to six ways. Those uh fans maybe got a little bit carried away in the end. But uh yeah, last year it may be well, I guess we could say, Burnsy, the best best debut season we've seen.
1: From Swansea, oh mate, a hundred percent. Like I always fear for the teams coming up, but I really, really do because I think that the step up is massive and I think that the longer you're up here, the more accustomed you are and the more younger players that you bled into the side. So it's not going to be as new and as fresh and you can sort of recycle or regenerate your squads a little bit better. So, I mean, Swansea came up in extraordinary circumstances as well. They kind of got stuffed around with the the playoff dates and it clashed with their derby against Cardiff but then against the odds they beat Nottingham Trent so that kind of spirit brought them up and i guess like that's the interesting thing about Nottingham is i i mean i didn't i didn't think the Nottingham would be here to be honest um you know but here they are and they beat northumbria because you know yeah northumbria lost nearly all their games they lose all their games last season I can't remember but um you know still I thought seven yeah, points they'll, they'll
2: be... it was wasn't
1: it yeah I thought still they're going to be all right against Nottingham anyway Nottingham surprised me there and then they come up and I guess you got all that emotion from actually making it to the big time and they carried that forward to their opening to the season but I think that this is going to be this is the real challenge for them right in like the heart of winter. They've got some like really filthy games to come up as well. And that emotion, that excitement of arriving in the league might have been eroded a little bit from the start of the season. So like they really get their head down and dig out some big results.
0: Yeah. We spoke to the, to the captain James Cherry early on in the season as well, kind of when they were on, they were riding that wave. Like you said, they came up and they bagged those, those back-to-back victories and they had that, daunting run of fixtures where it was just every single big name you could imagine, and most of them were away as well. So in terms of Nottingham season, boys, are we expecting Nottingham to be safe, or is it all still to play for for Leeds as well?
1: Um, no one wants to go first,
2: <laughs> <laughs> go, go on, Griff. Go on, Griff. You nominated yourself. Um. Well, I feel as if Leeds Beckett this year, well, this season all across so they've they've been pretty poor from a from sort of i guess i haven't seen a live game for them but i guess the scouts or the people on twitter sort of give you an indication of um how it's going and it's it sounds like it's been quite rough for beckett so far this year nottingham on the other hand like we said the massive game against swansea uh following defeat against beckett nottingham sort of need to win this one against Swansea because if they have another defeat uh, onto their tally then it's looking pretty tight at the bottom of the table, only six points um, between both teams and those bonus points are going to come in crucial, Nottingham have racked up quite a few already and it does look like potentially their attack might be better than Beckett, so if I had to put my neck on the line, probably would go for Beckett to go down, but it's going to be so, so tight
1: what about you wielding the axe on Leeds Beckett halfway through the season? They're going to love you for that, mate.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll ne- hopefully, I'll never have to go up to Leeds if they go down. So uh, <laughs> I think I'll be safe. It's
1: getting, even worse, getting even worse, Griff. Getting even worse, Griff. I'm looking forward to hearing what your DAMs are like after this pod. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, I, look, I think um, Nottingham, uh, they're not the biggest side. And their game is based on throwing it around and putting a bit of air on it, which a lot of teams do. But the prospects are going to St. Helens away, like in the weather, from the weather that we've just had. Like they love it down there. Hugo Staffson said to me, he was like, Yeah, the more horizontal the rain, the better. Last time I saw him. And then, but they've got this run of three home games afterwards. And yeah, their home form is excellent. They had that mad game against Exeter where it was like 49-45 that they lost. But they've got Loughborough and Met at home, and then Durham. And just to get the Platonists hating me even more, I would say they'd probably target Durham out of those three at home. But you never know. It might it might spring an upset against Met having an off day. Uh, Loughborough, I don't quite see it happening, but... You know, I, I don't think anyone's safe, to be honest. They're only six points above Beckett, aren't they? Swansea are five points above them. So if everyone beats everyone and one team springs a, a surprise result, then everyone's right back into the mix. So bonus points are key. I think it's all about the bonus points for those guys.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And credit where it's due. If we are going to look at those bottom three sides, we know what Swansea can do. That The game against Met the other day was... I know you always think in a derby something like that could happen. Another cliche for bucks, Super Rugby. Derby days are just different breed, but Swansea came out and just played some ridiculously good rugby, considering they're not perhaps having the same season as they were last year. They kind of struggled to get any kind of momentum. They go down to Cardiff Met, which has been discussed about being the hardest place to go in the entire league and they play out their minds. So, You know, Swansea are always going to have that in their bag. Like you say, they've got that home advantage. Credit where it's due. Nottingham, they've put in some really good performances this season, boys. They've been there or thereabouts against some of the best teams in the league. They've secured a few bonus points. The game against Durham, scoring that many points away at Durham, there aren't many teams in the league that can do that. So those two teams definitely have their merits. And again, we held out hope for Leeds for a long time. I think we kind of expected them to get that win a little bit sooner than they did just because you know they do have good players. We spoke about the Hancock twins up front. They've definitely got the facilities. And so each of the bottom three teams boys have that attribute, that 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 thing that can make them win. If you're putting your house on it, which team is gonna finish in that bottom
1: position.
2: Bins,
0: there, is absol-
1: there is absolutely no way that I'm <laughs> I'm putting my head on the chopping block of that. I d I don't know. The answer is, I don't know. I'm not willing to commit. <laughs> You're not committing. You're not, not willing commit.
0: to commit. Talking of heads on the chopping block, lad. We're right in saying you were an extra man in your day.
1: What's, yes. the, crack
0: with, what's the crack with you and the Met Ultras, bro? What's going on there? Because the Met Ultras Instagram page, there's not many
1: stories that aren't tagging you when they win. Hey, so... Bucks asked they asked us to do some predictions. They weren't even like firm predictions. It was a preview on the season, how we felt things were going to unfold. Not everyone took kindly to it. And as a result, my DMs Thursday mornings or early hours of Thursday morning. so sort of more Wednesday night, they get, yeah, they're busy. They're busy with various teams. So I think after Durham beats Loughborough at Hollow Drift, I woke up. I can't even remember what the message was. Anyway, I got something from Durham. Basically saying, <laughs> "What's that about us being bottom of the league, Fernsey, or something like that?" I didn't even say that. But anyway, <laughs> look at look at you guys. You're down in seventh. Um, I actually I ran into Jamie Adamson and and some Durham boys in Edinburgh. And then one of the boys said, "To be fair, you've 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 been bang on so far." Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, the other one was uh, uh, was Cardiff Met. The Ultras, they didn't like it. And they uh, they message me pretty much every Thursday morning, especially after a win. They tag me in pictures. They uh, they take the piss out of me for my lid, my rig. Um, <laughs> yeah, nothing's off limits with the Ultras. And I think the thing that makes it worse is that I haven't been down to King Coyd for, I don't know, two seasons. I think basically as Dave's Welsh. Bucks just always send him down there and then maybe there's a safety element with me and the ultras but I can reveal that due to popular demand I've told Bucks I need to go and face the ultras face to face so on the first the first of February I'll be at Kinkoid for the Met versus Bath Jeez. it's a done deal I'm going across the bridge and I'm facing them that's big news mate that's oh. big news Met, that
0: is big news the Met Ultras page do like the pod and they will be ready for you so looking forward looking forward to that one bro
1: I say bring it on bring it on boys
0: we'll we'll stick to your team then a little bit more was the was the predictions you made was that the very romantic
1: kind of bench
0: uh, Bucks rugby video with you and Dave having, yeah, having a few was, predictions is that the one that got you in all the trouble
1: yeah that was that was the one where, one where I looked like I'd put on four stone over the summer holidays yeah
0: Mate, you just, <laughs>
1: you got to cut for the for the bad angle, just, bad, yeah. angle. Yeah. bad angle, bad angle, bad angle,
0: angle in pre season friendlies, mate. That's all it was. Um, we'll stick with your team a little bit now. Then Exeter, kind of, kind of turned out all right for them in the end. You know, they they probably want to be higher up in the table, but there were points where we weren't sure what kind of season they were going to have, and then they kind of just did what Exeter do and just get some wins when it really mattered. You. Are you happy with the season so far? I can imagine you are. I think they've they've done pretty well with the players they've got.
1: Well, it was awesome that Exeter won last year. If Durham had done it, I thought, think Fred Davis, fantastic bloke, Maren Hoos, um, Pat, uh, can't, I've got his surname now, um, um, who are the fly half who got knocked out against Cardiff. <laughs> you know, I love, love Kesey as well. I like every I you know I'm a supporter of everyone, but Extra did happen to win. And Extra are, and I'm gonna quote other people, they describe him as the gold standard. With describe him as the gold standard, the most consistent, although Hartbury will probably have something to say about that, having won three cups uh in a row. Um but yeah, as far as their say se- their season's gone, it's been an interesting one because I mean, like losing at home uh is massive for them. It's, it's so huge. And They've been beaten at home in the past in knockouts when they played at Sandy Park. But like winning down at Topsham is hard. So they had that and then they suffered. Um, Some of the varsity lost to Cardiff. And I thought, well, maybe maybe this season isn't the one for them. But, I mean, beating Bath at home, 40 points. Beating Loughborough at home, 40 points. And then like beating Hartbury away, that's big. That's big to go into Christmas and I think them like Swansea, probably never wanted Christmas to come because both of those sides got on a roll, found their groove and then they had this massive break where yeah extra sort of got a Saturday side, but they're gonna have to recalibrate, get that rhythm back and up next they got met they got Cardiff met away, They've got Cardiff away as well in three matches time. So it's a tough run for them. So I think the these three matches are going to be make or break to see how their season's going to go.
0: Yeah, we, you mentioned briefly there that Sandy Park game. Griff, I know you watched that game as well. One of the best games of the season that I've seen anyway. I thought Cardiff were flying at the time. Extra just looked so impressive. Griff, do you want to pick out just your kind of favourite game so far as well? I know if you want to touch on extra as well.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. I'd say you were talking about best performances so far. Bath uh, at home against Durham was incredibly impressive. They just, just absolutely slammed them. Really, didn't give Durham a chance at all. So that was one of the best ones I've seen so far this season. And yeah, like you said, Cardiff Uni going to Sandy Park in what Exeter call a varsity, what Cardiff Uni don't like to call a varsity, but nonetheless, uh, the game there with Cardiff taking the victory, Luke Pollock um, having the stormer, to be fair, and crossing over to get that uh, elusive try. I also think the clashes, um, the first clash, despite not being on a live stream, we were there, and Cardiff Uni played so, so well, and they just kept kept themselves in that game for long enough till right at the end, Cardiff met a slight error, yellow card, Barnaby Wardell was off the pitch, took advantage of that um, driving mall and, yeah, the audacity of Ed Dunford to um, take that conversion off the beautiful 4G at uh, Cardiff Arms Park. That guy doesn't need a T. Uh, he's got such talent and I'm sure he's going to be crucial for Cardiff going forward for the rest of the season. They've dropped off slightly from where they were um, maybe three, four game weeks ago. You were looking at them in the top four now you know that why is it six points away from Cardiff, met in the fourth spot, could be struggling a bit. But anyone who puts three wins on the trot can definitely challenge uh, the top four for sh- for sure going into the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, they are, you mentioned two history making results there: the Sandy Park victory and of course Cardiff's first ever Cardiff clash win. Um, and yet they're down in sixth. I don't know if that's just a sign of the rest of the league waking up a little bit. Um, Burns, I don't know if you
1: want to. Yeah, so Cardiff, I I think I said it on the stream at the time, that Cardiff Union time side, the first side from Cardiff, be it Cardiff Blues or Cardiff Met, to ever win at Sandy Park. Cardiff Blues has never beaten extra Chiefs at Sandy Park. So Luke Pollock's been excellent, really good guy as well, good captain. Heartbreak, they had a regime change pretty much last year, and I think that... They like Dan Murphy's a quality coach, and you know you never write Harbury off, especially when it comes to the playoff. And then Bath, I want to talk about Bath because Bath have had a tough few years. Bath were down, kind of in the Swansea, Nottingham region of the table last year. Couldn't buy a win. They had their hearts broken by Exeter home and away, like last minute scores to just like shatter. Their dreams, and they've had really quality players over the year. They've had Tom Doughty, who is like used to be the BSR top scorer, playing for Bath. Um, George Warboys is playing for Bath now, he was there 10 last year. Uh, there's loads of other, loads of other good Miles Reid. And they, I, I'm so pleased to see them go on a run, I'm so pleased to see them producing good, big results, and their away form is extraordinary really really extraordinary and it's a shame that i haven't seen them on the stream this season i can't wait to see them down at cardiff met i think that that is going to be a real sort of confidence defining game for them if they can go down to kincoid and get a massive result then they're going to think right we can beat anyone we can beat absolutely anyone they've still got to go to exeter who were kind of like a bit of a nemesis for them especially after last year but I think if they take down Met at King Coy, then they're gonna have that feeling of right, who's next? Like throw them at me. Oh, and also I did a I did a London Irish Premiership uh, cup game the other day. Basically, the Bath team was the Bath Uni team. There were so many current or past students in that team. It was it was unbelievable. So they're all those players are getting exposed to higher rugby. So they're going to be really, really well-seasoned come sort of knockouts in the business end of the season. Do
2: you reckon then that playing in the Prem Cup is an advantage for the teams or a disadvantage? Because you see some weeks where uh, Exeter, you know, they're struggling for numbers because you've got the likes of Leather Barrow, Dan John and all them going off to play uh, for Exeter. And sometimes because those boys are going away, they're suffering due to that. But then again, that's the whole... The whole point of Buxi Rugby, I guess, is to pr- provide a platform for these players to go on and achieve better things. Well, it's a disadvantage in the immediacy, isn't it? Because you want to have
1: Dan John and Oli Leatherbarrow in your team, don't you? But it gives other boys an opportunity to step up, and they have to fill they have to fulfil those roles. You know, it's a pyramid. Leatherbarrow goes, so someone steps up to the leadership role, and then whoever comes in to take his jersey, you know, gets to prove himself in that role. Dan Johns, pretty spectacular. He, I didn't see him at Loughborough, but I know someone who was there and they were waxing lyrical about the way the guy played. I mean, if you really want to like go into it, like Chris Yunza and Daph Jenkins are eligible to play Buck Super Rugby there. I think there might be an insurance problem putting those guys up against like students with considering they're in the Wales squad now. So, as you said it right, Griff, like BSR, every institution wants to win the league. Everyone wants to go on the journey with their mates and lift silverware. And that's the most important thing, lifting silverware with your mates. But like this is the vehicle for players to go onto higher heights. So no coaches are going to stand in their way. And I think that the kind of unavailability of players who've been involved in Premiership Cup is not going to be the case when we get to the final games of the season and then definitely when we get to the knockouts that's when you see the big guns come in and they bring in what they've learned from Chiefs, from Falcons, from Bath, um, you know, from, from Gloucester, wherever they're playing and they bring that wisdom and that sort of confidence of having played a high level into the squads and then the quality just ramps up. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, Burns, you mentioned there the immediate disadvantage but then Obviously, like you say, eventually it'll pay off for them because they can bring the heavy hitters with more experience back for the end of the buck season. Um, Just before that Sandy Park game, there was a lot of talk of the restructuring of rugby academies and, and what was the best option for the for the young players. We've seen now, probably this season more than ever, how a lot of the players can go and play those Prem Cup games and they get an experience and they're getting call-ups. Like You mentioned Daf Jenkins and Christ there getting called up to the Wales side it clearly is an option for boys to play Buck Super Rugby and then reach the absolute top level. I think there's four, five, six, seven, maybe 10 boys now called up for the Six Nations squad. So it's definitely a viable option. Do you still feel the same that, you know, Bucks is a viable option as opposed to academies for, for all players coming through the ranks?
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, my my feeling on it is that... You get more rounded individuals, I would say, coming out of Buck Super Rugby because you are doing things outside of rugby. I think, like to be successful in anything, like you have to have wider interests. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with academies. Maybe that that's that's the best way for some, but certainly, you know, Buck Super Rugby. You look at the the products who have come out of it, the names and the continued names as well. Now, I feel that. You know, it, it's like it's in, conc- it's, it's settled in concrete now. It doesn't mean that you've given up on your dreams of being professional. And for some, like late developers like Tom Pearson, you know, it's the launch pad for someone like him. You know, he's unlucky to not be in the England squad. We all saw what he did against Saracens the other day. When I came across him for Cardiff Met, he was playing, he's playing second row, didn't have an academy contract or anything like that. I think that he came out and, like blues, he was training with the blues or something like that, just a little bit part time, and they sort of like the look of him. Then Les Kiss got wind of of this lad who, you know, no one knew anything about, and suddenly he had a contract to London Irish, and look at where he's going now. So, I'd love to see more streaming of it. I'd love to see TV stations picking it up so the the boys get in the shop window. And these are just the big names as well. I had a lad come up to me in a nightclub in London and said. Uh, who's got a contract at London Scottish and he said mate it's so good that you guys are broadcasting the game because I had a load of footage to show um show prospective clubs off the back of it and I got a contract so the more we can put boys in the shop window the more eyeballs we get on it then the more opportunity there is for them and I'm, I'm all for it
0: yeah absolutely and just shows how important the exposure actually is we me and Griff talked over the over the break about um the exposure really does feel as big as it's ever been for Bucks. I think there's a lot of interest in it and the product is is fantastic. I think I think not many people would disagree with that. There was a Swansea player last season who that one game that was streamed against Cardiff Met was the game that he played and he used that footage and now he's playing out in Hong Kong, you know. So having those games covered is it's just an invaluable tool really that Bucks kind of offers.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think it's walked hand in hand as well that uh, you know. The stream is a bit rough around the edges sometimes and like I'd like I'd i never done any presenting or commentating until I got the opportunity with Bucks so I think kind of everyone was learning as they were going along but I, d- I don't know how the academy system works um you know I imagine that there's a network of of people and scouts who see each other and people are pretty much in the know and I think that there would be relevant information sharing there definitely i don't think you know if you're a quality player you're not you're not going to be ignored but certainly in terms of the bsr um you know people talk about it you know uh i see people at prem clubs i see people at championship clubs england sevens as well you know they're, they're all well aware of it and i think that slot as well of a wednesday night there's no other rugby going on so it's captive audience if you really love your rugby. Or if you work in rugby, like Pat Lamb allegedly is down at Heartbreak pretty much every home game. Uh, you know, why wouldn't you be tuning in? and Why would you not be looking to identify like a, a hidden gem? And like, let's face it, a cheap gem. I don't know what these contract well, what contracts these boys get on, but everyone's under wage pressure. And, you know, you roll the dice on a young lad who no one's heard of before, but, you know, they played Fat, like incredibly well on BSR, then why not take a punt? They're not going to cost you a lot of money, and they're probably going to work their nuts off to fulfill that because for some it's an opportunity they never thought they were going to have. Um, you know, there's a lot of players who've been destined for greatness, whereas there's some that come out of BSR who maybe thought that that opportunity had gone, and when they get that that second bite of the cherry, then they're not going to they're not going to let it out of their jaws.
2: Yeah, I just think overall the sort of platform that these players are getting now is better than ever. The next step probably, you think, moving forward um, for BSI is to just get more games on, on telly, on streams, wherever wherever we can. If it's BT, Sky, BBC, whatever, it doesn't even have to be that big. Just on the Bucks Super Rugby YouTube would be enough because there's enough demand for it. I, I think last year, was it both semi-finals had... 40,000 views between them in like less than a week or something. And you think how many top rugby players, top rugby, you know, coaches and that are watching this because you look at some of the players going on, Fred Davis now with Bristol Bears on the bench on the weekend. There's so many opportunities for the lads being local, you know, in championship, Welsh Prem, whatever it is, Bucks is giving these uh, youngsters a chance and it's a perfect platform um, for a product that is uh, well. All three of us we love it, don't we? So uh, we will always uh, hype up Super Rugby up, and um, yeah, it deserves uh, to, well it deserves us to pump the ties up for sure. Boys, I Great love pleasure. what
1: you, I love what you're doing. Love anyone that's elevating BSR. Keep it up with the pod. Keep it up with your media stuff, boys. It's cracking work, and uh, thank you very much for having me. It's uh, been a, been a real pleasure to be on. And chat a bit of code, but not only code—BSR code, the best code. Awesome lad! Right, we'll catch you. Uh, catch you soon, Burnsy boy. Cheers, lads. See you in Hong Kong. Yeah. <laughs>